It's a community. It's off of social media. We built it on a beautiful platform and it's a really safe space. And I say that intentionally because when I was struggling with my mental health, I remember thinking, I just need somebody else to talk to who gets it. And I waded into the terrifying world of Facebook groups. And if you've ever been into a mom Facebook group, especially anyone that's like moms with anxiety or like postpartum depression, like holy smokes, they could be very dangerous places only because a little bit to what you almost just alluded to, like it almost becomes a bit of a struggle Olympics. It's like who has it harder? And like, it just was really a dark place for me to be in. I would go there being like, oh, maybe I'll find somebody I can connect with. And I'd walk away being like, oh my God, everybody's so terrible and their whole lives are terrible and oh my god it's not going to get any better it's just this really yucky feeling you're listening to the embrace simplified podcast where you will be inspired to unlock simpler healthier ways to live your life i'm a corporate ladder climber turned entrepreneur on a mission to help busy women feel their best I'm bringing you real conversation with all my favorites, and we're talking wellness, relationships, money, business, career, and even parenting. I want you to laugh and cry, learn and grow right alongside me. I'm your host, Kirsty. Let's keep it real. Pour your coffee and turn it up. Together, we are going to simplify our life. Today's episode is a special one. I'm sitting down to talk with Dr. Carly Crew. She is a women's mental health and empowerment expert. And I know you guys are going to love this conversation. Carly is a mom to twin toddlers. She is a modern day nomad and family doctor. And again, specializing in women's mental health. She is the CEO and owner of Unoya Medical Clinic an innovative and dynamic virtual clinic that provides comprehensive treatment for mental health disorders in women by an extraordinary team of female family doctors. Carly hosts the five-star rated Mind Over Motherhood podcast, where she shares practical and down-to-earth insights on all things mindset, motherhood, and mental health. Dr. Crew is the Amazon best-selling author of her book, You Are Not Your Anxiety, and it is available at carlycrew.com. As a mental health consultant and content creator, Dr. Crew contributes to various online publications and works with health authorities across Canada. This was a really juicy conversation because Carly really openly shares her postpartum mental illness journey and what led her to opening this clinic. But she just opened this clinic, you guys, in the pandemic. And it has grown exponentially. I think she said she's ready to hire her 13th doctor. I am so excited for her and everything that is to come. You really need to check out all of her online communities and the cool programs that she has coming. They're really, really great. She is a empowerment coach along with being a mental health expert and doctor. So it is a power combo. <laughs> Everything that she does is now under the branding of Brave Her. And again, you got to check out her programs, but this is going to be a really juicy, juicy episode. Thank you again to Carly for joining me. I hope that wherever you're listening from, you'll share online and tag Carly and I. Thanks, you guys, so much for listening. Welcome back to the Embrace Simplified podcast. 
Today, I'm sitting down to chat with Carly Crew. Welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Tell everybody where you're tuning in from today. Yeah, so we're currently in Mexico. We've been here for the last three months and we're going to be here for three more months. We're just south of Cancun in a little beautiful beach town called Puerto Morelos. Yeah, and it's been amazing. It's absolutely amazing here. Wow, that's a Okay, did you plan to stay this long or was it like, we're just going to go and see if we love it? Yeah, no, we did. We planned to come down here for six months. Like we brought our dogs, we brought our kids, we brought our like whole kitten caboodle with us and rented a beautiful home in, in a like little gated community. Yeah, we had intended to come down for six months, mostly because I hate winter. And, yeah. and I had worked so hard this summer. We did lots of traveling and I spent lots of time working in remote communities as a physician. And, and I was like, you know what? We're just going to take six months to still continue working. I do obviously a variety of online work, but take a little bit of a break from the intense like 24 and 48 hour call shifts I was taking. So take a little break from that and, and come down and enjoy enjoy the the warmth and, and the sunshine. Oh my goodness. Okay. If you haven't been following Carly online yet, you haven't seen this like amazing coast to coast trip that she took, which I actually didn't really understand that you were working so intensely through this like trip across Canada, but we're going to make sure everywhere where they can find you online and follow you on Instagram is in the show notes. But can you introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do? Absolutely. I'd love to. So yeah, I wear a lot of different hats. I mean, Christy and I were just talking about this before we started. We were like, can you tell us your bio? I'm like, which part? There's just so <laughs> many things that I'm, I have my hands in right now. But you know, in my professional training, I'm a physician. I'm a trained family doctor. And my area of expertise and interest and passion is the brain. Specifically, women's mental health is a huge passion of mine and kind of a big piece of what I do in the world. So I am the CEO and founder of a virtual mental health clinic called Unoya Medical, which is a women's mental health clinic where I lead a team of 10 female physicians helping women with their mental health where they are in Alberta. We're based in Alberta. And it's covered by the Alberta Health Plan, which is really amazing. I'm all about reducing barriers to access and especially for women. So we need to have care in our homes and we need to have it on flexible schedules and we need to have it limited cost for when we're dealing with mental health issues. So that's one little arm of my business. And then the other arm is I run a women's empowerment movement and leadership coaching business called Brave Her, which just had its birthday, very first birthday. I guess actually it's zero birthday because we just launched the brand last month. And it's really all about creating a community of sisterhood and vulnerability where we can be brave together and choose ourselves and identify some of that conditioning that holds us back as women, you know, like perfectionism or believing we're only good if we're sacrificing ourselves for others and really intentionally choosing to strip away that conditioning and step into choosing ourselves and seeing the impacts that come from that. So I'm a huge believer that women especially have the potential to change the world. But inside of us all, there are these amazing ideas, amazing you know, business ideas or concepts or theories that really, if we could put them into practice, if we could make them reality, would probably do amazing big things in the world, right? We see this in the online entrepreneurship movement, like women are creating incredible businesses that are like helping so many people. So I've made it my life's work to empower women to be able to create, bring those things that are inside of them out into the world, because I think that the ripples of that like are endless, right? I know that in the clinic, it starts with helping just one woman with her mental health. And usually when she feels better, then she starts to prioritize herself and her family does it too. So you start seeing kids learn how to meditate and kids do yoga and, you know, they start to talk about emotional regulation in their home. And then the partner all of a sudden is like, oh, maybe I want to go to therapy because I've had some things I want to work on. And, you know, the ripples that just helping one woman, I've really experienced it a lot and I've seen it happen. So 
my business, my brand, my empire, for lack of a better description, because it's getting really big, is designed to help women at whatever level they're at, right? Wherever they are in their personal journey, whether it's still in like kind of the grips of anxiety and depression and needing to get that under control or further along in their journey and wanting to step into, you know, creating a business or leading a team, there's a place kind of to plug in in my business wherever you are. So that's kind of the long and short. In a personal side, though, I'm a mom of twin girls. They're five and they're pure fire in in all the best and most challenging ways. And we're, I liken us to modern day nomads. We live in an, when we, when we're back in Canada, we call a 32 foot RV home. And that was what you were speaking about earlier is that we did a big cross Canada drive in August of 2021, all the way from Dawson City, Yukon, all the way to Cape Breton Island on the East coast of Canada. And that was a whirlwind and very amazing. And now we're down south. So we'll be here until the spring. And then we'll probably be actually doing a trip back across to the West Coast next summer. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Okay. Aren't you an author, too? Yeah. So so I published a book called You Are Not Your Anxiety. And it's available on Amazon and something like 30,000 retailers online worldwide. It's my approach to managing anxiety, which was my own built by my own experience and through my clinical expertise and what I work with in my clinic and in my membership program. So that was published in July of last year. Yeah. And that's really fun. That's been super cool, actually, to have women reach out and be like, I swear you wrote this book for me. Like, it's such a cool experience to have that happen. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I forget that when people are like, oh, you wrote a book. I'm like, right. Yeah, right. I totally did. Author is one of those really interesting titles to add as a, a woman. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes on there with it. But you know yeah. what? That's that for anybody who hasn't read the book or hasn't been following for a really long time. I would love to know how you got into this space and like what it means to you. Like I know you're a mom to two girls and I absolutely understand the ripples that you talk about that mm-hmm. resonate so much. I actually don't think I stop and acknowledge that. It's like I've done the work. And I do these things with my kids. And yeah, I didn't do those things when I was young with my mom, but I don't actually think I realize how mm-hmm. cool that is like, that I give in those, giving them those tools. But yeah, I would love to know, like, tell us about your story and how mm-hmm. you, and also what led to, like, I'm sure this also aligns with why you open a clinic in the middle of a pandemic. Like, <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I, I say in my book too that I feel like I've always struggled with some form of anxiety for most of my life, but I didn't really realize it until I gave birth to my girls in 2016. I feel like before I had them, the anxiety I struggled with was kind of like what a lot of women I feel like can resonate with this like high performing, high achieving academic type of anxiety where you're like, yeah, I'm just really conscientious and organized. And like, I study a lot for tests and like, you know, that sort of like academic things that you do and and really perfectionistic, like had a lot of rigid thinking in my brain that I didn't realize at the time until now looking back, I'm like, holy smokes. But it, did, it really didn't like rear its ugly head until I gave birth to my twins. And we were really, really lucky and blessed. We had a very healthy pregnancy and delivery and my girls were born at term. And unlike so many twin moms, we didn't have to spend any time in NICU. And, you know, my kids had no health problems and, and really things were looking really good until about like mm, six to eight weeks into my postpartum journey. And I just developed a crippling postpartum mood disorder that for like probably three to six months, I didn't even identify in myself. And so I got really, really sick. I remember feeling, you know, at times that my kids would be better off without me. I wasn't sure who had ever thought I would be a good parent. You know, I remember feeling not like I wanted to get in my car and drive away, but that literally like I might be better off dead and it would be better off without me too. That's a lot. We can't see each other right now, but I'm sending you a big hug. 
Thanks. Um, anyways, and it took me a long time to get through that and to really recognize what was going on. Like even as a physician, and I share this really important message is like, even as a physician who is so fascinated and who works with so much mental health, like I missed the signs. So it probably took me a good, mm, I would say six to nine months after my girls were born before I started to kind of identify and put the pieces together and then really started to put my mind to getting some support, which at that time looked like a lot of different things, right? So, and this leads in, this is foreshadowing for where my clinic came from, right? Is like part of what I was looking for was a therapist I could really connect with and relate with, but also that could fit in my life. Cause I'm like, well, I have two babies that I'm breastfeeding. There's no way I can drive at this time. We were in like Alberta still. So there's no way I could drive like 60 minutes to Calgary to sit with a therapist for an hour and be gone for four hours. Like it just wasn't very easy. And when you have anxiety, as many of your listeners might be able to relate, like sometimes even just getting yourself up and dressed and out the door when you have kids and like, or even if you don't have anxiety, you're just a mom at all. Like even that's exhausting. And it could just feel like too much of an obstacle to actually get the help you need. Thankfully, I was put in touch with, and because we have, I, I was lucky enough to have a lot of resources, which many women don't have. You know, I did get connected with a really exceptional therapist and then I did end up doing quite a bit of personal lifestyle changes, right? Like changing, you know, how I was taking care of myself and doing the hard work of working on yourself where you're, you know, figuring out how do I prioritize myself? Aren't I letting people down? And like having those hard conversations with yourself, setting boundaries and toxic relationships and learning how to really listen to kind of what my gut was telling me. And eventually it also looked like me trying some going on an SSRI, which is a medication for anxiety and depression. And, and that whole kind of constellation of strategies that I put in place really made a big difference. So within, you know, I would say it's an estimate because I remember it being quite foggy, but maybe like three to four months it probably took that I was starting to really feel like myself again and was like looking back on this you know, dark cloud of time that I'm like, holy smokes. Like I didn't realize it's like when you come out of something and you look back, you're like, wow. I did not know that was even as bad as it was. And that is with it. When I came out of that, I remember looking back thinking, God, like if I can help any women out of this faster, I'm going to do it. And so from that, I started, I'm a family doc at this time. So I went back to work postpartum, which it's, which was its own huge anxiety challenge. And as many women can probably relate to. And, and I started to figure out how could I work with more women? Like how could I act on this this drive that I had now to help more women through it. And I started initially, it was just seeing, you know, my postpartum clients at their six-week visit in the family doctor's office. How are you? And like being like, no, but really, how are you? Like really diving in and digging in and really touching base with them and making sure they were doing okay. And before I knew it, I had a small practice of women that were coming to me regularly just for support. And I wasn't, it wasn't even therapy at the time. It was just support. Like Carly, I just need somebody to talk to who understands. And then it kind of brought me to thinking, I need to do this on a bigger scale. How do I do that? And of course, the internet is like, here I am. So, you know, but I couldn't do medicine at the time virtually. This was pre-pre-pandemic. So I was just, I looked into coaching because I thought, well, coaching is kind of a cool way that you get to spend more time with women. You get that depth of connection. You can really speak to each other's souls and it can be really this beautiful transformational experience. So I looked into coaching. I took a coaching program and I started offering coaching online. That was really the beginning of my kind of online business journey. And it's I I liken my journey, as many women will probably relate to this, is like, you know, in Goldilocks and the Three Bears, where she like sits in one chair and she's like, "Mm, not quite. And then she sits in the next chair, she's like, "Mm, not quite. And then she sits in the third chair, she's like, ooh, just right. And I feel like that's been my own experience with a variety of things. So I dabbled in like anxiety coaching and then I went into like business coaching and I was like, well, that doesn't feel really right. And then I settled back into the mental health 
coaching, not in mental health coaching, sorry, it was creating in my clinic that was in 2021. I was like, oh, this is the right chair. Like, I'm going to just create this virtual clinic because thank you, pandemic, gifting us with this beautiful opportunity to, again, bring that accessible care into women's homes. So I created Unoya Medical in 2021. And that felt really good. All last year felt super good. Like I was in the right chair until you moved to Mexico and you're like, maybe that's not the right chair. And so fast forward to like, you know, the last three to six months, I've really leaned back again into this coaching sphere in a different way. Like I shared kind of more in that helping a woman who's further along in her journey, but still wanting, knowing and believing truly that the foundation of all of our wellness and everything we do in life is our mental health. Like if you don't have good mental health, you're not going to be able to do a lot of things in your life. It's just so foundational. So now I really feel like I'm in the right chair and, and I'm, and that's where Brie Per came about and, and Unoya has grown massively. So in our first year, we, I, I think we expanded by about a thousand percent. I took on 10 doctors and we're going to be onboarding probably our 11th, 12th and 13th in the next couple of months. And we serve over 400 women virtually with their mental health in just, well, I mean, we just had our one year anniversary. So that's that my is huge. <laughs> that is huge. That is like, oh, the impact from that is like, it gives me goosebumps to think about. I'm like, I have these moments in the shower, usually like my two minutes to myself where I'm just like thinking about, okay, this morning was like, how do I impact more women like that have gone through a really difficult relationship or maybe like an abusive relationship? And like, how do I support them? Like, how do I get them more resources? Or I'm like, and it's a thing that I think about, but you took that thing. In such a short time and you've made it a reality and the impact has been huge. Even if you just look at like 2017 to 2020, in five years, you've gone from like helping yourself navigate your way through this to a healthier place, to writing a book about it, to building an entire virtual clinic. Yeah, it's supporting 400 women. You know, thank you so much for saying those kind things because it's, you know... I, I kind of hate the term quantum leap because I feel like in, I don't know if you're in online business stuff, everyone's talking about how to quantum leap. And I'm like, whatever. But like <laughs> the only time I think that I've experienced a quantum leap is like literally this November past. I was just like, how the heck did we get here? Like, how are we in Mexico? Like, how do I lead a team of three staff members and 10 doctors? What? How did this happen? And that was like the only time I feel like I've experienced like the quote unquote quantum leap, but you're right. And sometimes I have to stop and I have some good team members that will be like, do you remember what you've done? Cause it's, we equilibrate, right? That's the craziest thing about the brain. And I, I talked about the brain all the time. I find it so fascinating, but one of the craziest things about our brains is, and so many of us will relate to this. It's like, we equilibrate to wherever we are. So like whatever you've created, whatever, whatever level of income you're at, whatever amazing life you have, like we get to the place where we're like, yeah, we kind of forget. We're like, cool. It's cool. Right. But we don't really grasp the full scope of it. And that's kind of, you know, even underlies some of the, like I spoke about a bit before, the conditioning that kind of constantly is holding us back as women. One of them is this like, it's good and bad, I guess, this fervent drive to be like doing more, doing more, doing more. And we really have to be mindful to pause and look back and realize of like what you just shared, like how much we do do, right? How much we can do because our brain won't show us. So we have to be really intentional about identifying it and looking back and and acknowledging what's actually been done and where we are. You know, there's that beautiful meme. It's, or I think it's a meme or something on Instagram. It's like, or maybe it was a reel, forgive me, but it's like, you're living in what past you wanted 
You know what I mean? Like, and, and to stop and recognize how important that is that, wow, like someday you planned this. And I have those moments now, like yesterday we were at the pool and I'm like looking around and I'm like, man, I'm so grateful for the past me to dread this up. Like, because here we are. Right. So it's really important, I think, to be really mindful of that sort of stuff. Oh, I love that. Guys, in April, my new book, Whisper, it's Amazon. I would absolutely love your support. If you can purchase a copy or share my post when I announce it, or I don't know, send me an emoji, heart emoji to show your love and encouragement. Even just to think about gifting this book, it is a beautiful collection of 16 women's stories of moments in their life that they listen to their intuition and the critical times that showed them they could trust themselves and go their own way and create a life they love. It is a real behind the scenes look at some of the things that we don't usually talk about. And I think for that reason, women are going to feel seen in the pages of Whisper. It is a beautiful read. It is a beautiful Mother's Day gift. And somebody will take something away from this, even if their story is not exactly like the authors in this book. We touch on things like grief and loss, heartbreak, mental health. Oh my goodness, everything from relocating to doing the thing your parents never wanted you to do. It's all in the pages of Whisper. Again, it is launching mid-April. I will have all the details on my Instagram at Kirsty Stubbs. And I truly appreciate your support. Before we hit record, I told Carly that my kids asked me what I was doing today. And I told them that I was going to be talking with Carly for the podcast. And they were like, heard about her story. And they were like, mom, she's living your dream life. (laughs) Because she's living in Mexico and working remotely and traveled across Canada in an RV. I think too. And I so love that. And I love that. And I think that we all have to have those dreams. And I think that's, this underlies why I feel it's so important for women to talk to each other and be in community is because everybody from the outside, of course, we look at social media, we're like, oh, it must be so dreamy. And it Mm -hmm. is, I won't talk it down. Like, of course I live in Mexico. I'm not going to complain, but there are a ton of challenges too, right? Like we just are doing life in a different place. And, you know, there's even challenges with my working abroad and these different things. It seems, I feel like we get this idea that everything looks really easy. Like, Girl, I could tell you five weeks in an RV with two dogs and two kids across Canada was hard. Okay. Like super hard. There was a lot of expenses. Like again, not to talk down about it, but just to be, just to remember that we're all living in our beautiful dream lives. And it just sometimes doesn't feel like that because there's challenges because we think that like the quote unquote dream life doesn't have any challenges. It does. It definitely does. You know, like whatever your dream life is, there's always kind of problems, which is feels like a negative thing, but it's not. It's just to remember to be grateful for where you are too, right? So valuable. Yeah, it's true. It is. There was a version of me that thought that this was almost impossible where I'm at right now, right? And I always go to like the feeling I want versus like the thing that's accomplished. So like, like you said about like, there was a lot of challenges being in the RV. It's like, what is that in my mind somehow has created a story that maybe there's like freedom in that or adventure or something that really... That's what I'm looking for is freedom and adventure. It may not come in the form of an RV trip across Canada, but which a lot of people 
If they're listening to this, my closest friends and family are like, that is the most ridiculous idea you've ever had. You're not going across Canada with two children by yourself. And everyone tries to talk me out of it. But, but yeah, you could really feeling, right? The feeling that we think that thing will give us. So for sure. And it did. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Being able to drive across Canada and kind of just like pick where you wanted to sleep. And we found some really amazing free camping spots. So if you're not an RVer, you might not know, but there's actually these free spots all across Canada, but there there's tons more in the States and those are fun to find, right? Like there was a couple of nights we parked, you know, in front of a waterfall and it's just like a parking lot that they allow free camping overnight. You would never know unless you had done the research and you're like, my husband and I would be pinching ourselves. We're cooking dinner in the RV and we go and we have dinner like right next to a waterfall. We're like, how are we not paying for this right now? Like, it's so cool. So there is definitely that sense of freedom and it comes with other challenges, right? Like, oh, our tanks are full again, or, oh, we have to fill up $500 more of gas. And, you know, so there are some challenges, but it, it is pretty amazing. And, and we actually, I was just saying to my husband, not, not two days ago, being like, you know what? I feel like I'll be ready to go back in the RV pretty soon. And we weren't sick of it, but being in Mexico is pretty attractive. And then, you know, we're getting to the point where I'm like, oh, I kind of miss it. I kind of miss being able to jump on the road and take everything with you and, and just go wherever you want. It is pretty, it's pretty free. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? I, I let the kids dream with me about it. And like the older they get, the more I think it lands for them. Cause I'll sometimes say like, we don't know whether we'll do this trip in a year or 10 years. And they're okay with that. Like, and I think if there's some level of like maybe teaching them anticipation or like dreaming or something that's probably beneficial in that. But my son knows like at least a dozen different like BMX parks that he would like stop at on the journey. And so I think I actually might go next level planning and actually get them like a map and let them really go to town on like maybe in the basement, we'll just take over a wall and it'll look like some sort of like creepy investigator's house, but it'll be (laughs) the trip. Okay. So one of the things that you mentioned was that part of this, I love that you called it a constellation and all these different tools that you'd brought yourself. One of those things was medication. Mm-hmm. And the reason I want to make sure we talk about this is because I find sometimes it probably <laughs> depends on the day, but sometimes I'll post things about mindset or share thoughts on how I'm taking care of my mental health. And somebody will drop into my DMs and say like, it's not that simple for some people and you should always mention medication. I don't necessarily talk about this publicly, but I haven't up till this point, required medication to manage my mental health. But that is a very normal and common thing, but I don't talk about it a lot. So I wanted to just, you know, open that conversation up for you. Where is that coming from when people think that I might be oversimplifying mental health? Is there still a stigma around taking medication to support your mental health? Yeah, yeah. no, there definitely is. And I think because I work with so many women, I have a really good understanding of this. And this won't speak to everyone's experience. And so, you know, at risk of, of oversimplifying again, medications for mood disorders are not required all the time. In fact, I would say that in my particular practice, which is a unique population, you know, of women who are, you know, mild to moderately unwell, these are not moderate to severe people necessarily. But in my population, I would say them that healthy women who haven't experienced a significant amount of trauma, right? Who haven't experienced a significant amount of childhood or attachment trauma. You know, they're, they're, they're well women, for lack of a better description. I would say of that population, maybe 20 to 30% of them will need medications to kind of get over the worst part of their mood disorder. 
And what that looks like for each person is so individualized. And so that's why, of course, this is by no means meant to be taken as medical advice. I would highly encourage anyone listening to get in touch with their own provider and have these sorts of really open, vulnerable conversations about you know, what certain things medications can help with and what they cannot help with and how it complements the real work of like talk therapy and learning things that you need to learn in therapy. So I think a lot of people get even the wrong idea about therapy and what therapy even means, but I won't go into that. But I see medication as one of the tools in a toolbox and with a skilled provider who you're working with, who's worked with a lot of people and can identify like at which point I'm like, oh, this sounds like maybe a medication issue now. And so one, I have actually a blog on this and a podcast. I think it's like signs that your mental health could use medication, right? Like signs that you might need medication for your mood disorder. And these are more severe signs. I won't go through all of them. They're definitely on my podcast, which was called the Mind Over Motherhood podcast. It is now going to be called the Braver podcast, but I digress. So there is a lot of stigma around medication. And it's really interesting. Sometimes women will say like, okay, I'll go on them for a brief time, but they want to get off them immediately. It's as if the medication is a crutch that they're not able to lean on or they're not willing to lean on because they think it seem, it makes them weak. And that's a really common belief. It's like, well, I don't want to be on it forever. And a lot of that's totally fine. I always say to every client, I'm like, your relationship with medication is completely your relationship. I'm just here to invite you to make sure that we're being aware of and considering all of the tools that are available. And if you are firmly against medication, that is completely okay. Just understanding that depending on your mood disorder, depending on your symptoms, depending on your progress in therapy, maybe at some point you won't feel that way. And in that case, this is a safe space to have the conversation about what medications could mean for you, right? And then there are some women who come and they're like, no, 100%, I've been working my ass off in therapy trying to do this and I cannot get on top of this. I just need some support from pharmacology. And even as my own like case study, I would say that I had done a ton of work. Like this is where I joke that I almost killed myself with self-care is because I worked so hard when I was unwell. I was up like I was up at five. I would two brand new babies. I was up at 5 a.m. I was meditating, doing affirmations, doing yoga, journaling, like running four to five days a week, doing everything I could possibly do, going to therapy, doing the hard work, journaling constantly, all the things. And I still wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe there's something I'm missing here, right? Maybe there's actually a biochemical concern here that I'm not addressing, trying to self-care myself to death, right? And I remember saying to a good friend of mine, and I wrote this in the book too, I was like, people who like exercise and meditate and journal and do yoga and do all the things every single day, like are not still so anxious that they can't sleep at night. They're not still so sad that they're weeping throughout the day. They're not usually still so angry that their baby monitor is broken because they've whipped it against the wall. Like this doesn't seem normal. And so I would say that if you're if you're somebody who has been struggling with your mental health for a really long time and you're like, wow, I'm really doing a lot of things and you're still not making progress, I believe you owe it to yourself and that you're worth taking that chance that medications could maybe change the total game for you. And I've had that experience. I've been on the other side of a patient when she's taking like, you know, sertraline 25 milligrams for two weeks and she's like, holy crap, Carly, I feel like myself again. And I'm like, girl, I've been there. I know what that's like. Right. So it's really identifying like, do you feel like it's a weakness? Cause like, what if it could be better? Right. And now am I a medication pusher? No. Like I'm the, the furthest thing. I will always say, let's have a really honest conversation about it. I'll be honest with you. If I think you're somebody who needs meds, 
if I'm like, oh, th- these sorts of signs are telling me that perhaps this could be something we'll need in the future, but maybe it's not, right? There's no black and white in this situation. So I would just really encourage you if you're somebody, like I said, who's been doing a lot or really trying hard and you're just not seeing the progress, that maybe some medications are where you want to start. But to answer your question about whether people get, you know, kind of offended, I think that there's been a really good growth in the amount of people speaking about mental health online and like the, you know, conversations being had are really doing a lot for reducing mental health stigma. But at the core of it, our unique experience is only ours. And it's very triggering for people who aren't having a good experience, right? Like even I find myself treading lightly around discussing mental health because I'm like, oh, you know, today was a hard day. And people who are in a bad place look at me and they're like, you live in Mexico. Who do you even think you are? Right. It's just that when we're in that low place and they're not bad people, I think that just when you're in that place, which if anybody's ever struggled with their mental health and the world seems just like a dark, terrible place. Like, yeah, it can seem super triggering for somebody to be like, oh, I had a hard day today as they're sitting next to the pool. Like, yeah, I understand that. And I think that we can't there's no way we can ever share online in a way that encapsulates every single person's experience who's showing up on our spaces. Yes, that's beautifully said. Absolutely. I I'm like. I have realized that there's certain people that I still want in my life, but they are not going to really ever have the perspective of of my heart. And I'm okay with that. And I have to remember to not put myself in a situation where I'm going to be like super, super triggered by them. But I just, I want them in my life and it's okay that they don't understand my heart. And when they talk about their heart, it can be really triggering for me, but I have to remind myself that that's just, that's just their hard. And to them, that's hard. And I do it quite often because I'm, as I'm adjusting to this whole label I never wanted as a single mom. And that is what I'm calling it right now. And I know a lot of people are going to tell me, Chris, you got to own this title, but it's a hard one for me right now anyways. And I all of a sudden noticed things and about people that were close in my life that I'd never noticed before. When I was you know, married and living in the big city and had my fancy corporate job, I never noticed or was never irritated by some of their hard. <laughs> yeah. And now I have, you know, like I've left behind so many different things that I thought I wanted in order to feel better mm-hmm. about my life and take care of my mental health. And and then it put me in a place that's really different. And like it's now it's like if I let it, it can really irritate me. Mm. And I'm like, that's not hard. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no way, Kirsty, this is the that's not gonna happen, you know? I think that that you put it beautifully and I'm gonna just leave it there. But I wanna make sure that we all hear about the ways that we could work with you because mm. you have a clinic in Alberta and it's covered in the Alberta healthcare system, but there's a lot of people in BC and Ontario and even Australia that are listening. So tell us, how do we work with you? Working with me personally is definitely possible. I have a mental health membership program. It's called the Unoya Collective. In that program, I operate in my capacity as a coach and mental health expert, but not as a physician. So it is not healthcare. It is not intended to be mental health care, but it is a year-long program. And I have really poured my heart and soul into this. It's a community. It's off of social media. We built it on a beautiful platform and it's a really safe space. And I say that intentionally because when I was struggling with my mental health, I remember thinking, I just need somebody else to talk to who gets it. And I waded into the terrifying world of Facebook groups. And if you've ever been into a mom Facebook group, especially anyone that's like moms with anxiety or like postpartum depression, like holy smokes, they could be very dangerous places only because 
a little bit to what you almost just alluded to, like it almost becomes a bit of a struggle Olympics. It's like who has it harder and like it just was really a dark place for me to be in. I would go there being like, oh, maybe I'll find somebody I can connect with. And I'd walk away being like, oh, my God, everybody's so terrible and their whole lives are terrible. And oh, my God, it's not going to get any better. It's just this really yucky feeling. So I remember we back then being like, man, I got to create some sort of community where women are actually like supportive and forward focused and really taking what I call the agency approach to their mental health. Like, okay, so I have a problem and I'm empowered and I can take control of it and I can learn about it and I can get myself in spaces where the answers exist and I can surround myself with women who are working on the same things. And so that's the Unoya Collective. And so each month you get a monthly mini course, like a video course that I've recorded on a high impact topic in women's mental health. So these are things like perfectionism, anxiety, boundaries, empowered communication, self-care, mindfulness. These are just a handful of the courses. And then there's live calls with me. So I do like laser coaching in there where you can actually be live coached directly personally on your own kind of experience. There's community calls and we have these beautiful guest experts, all sorts of stuff in the collective. And so you can find that on my website. The other ways that you can work with me if you're further along in your journey and you're not so much in the throes of mental health and you want to work more on personal empowerment and increasing your leadership skills and maybe you want to build a business or lead a team, you want to look at the Brave Her community, which offers programs on things like perfectionism, which is a huge obstacle that holds so many women back. And so many women listening are like, oh, I probably don't need that. I'm not a perfectionist and I'm going to call it because so many of the women I work with think they're not perfectionists and they so are. So that's called, one's called Uncaged. I ran a program in January that will run again probably in the fall called Matriarch, which which was a really amazing program, all about stepping into your power as a woman in your family, whether you're a mother or not, and really owning that like role that you play as setting the tone and setting the direction and being like the embodiment of a really empowered woman and how she holds herself and how she communicates and the standards she holds for herself. It was really amazing. I have a mastermind. I have high-level private coaching a six-month experience where we work together one-on-one. It's really for the woman who wants to dive in deep into one area of her life or have me kind of like in her back pocket as her one-to-one coach for everything as the whole woman. It's really mentorship for the whole woman. So that's Brave Her. If you're looking at the clinic specifically and you are located in Canada, we do see clients from some provinces. It depends on the province, but, and you can pay privately for our services as well. And that's with one of us, 10 of us, (laughs) there's 10 of us now in the clinic. And if you are in Alberta, depending on when this podcast opens, we've actually currently had to pause our patients, our patient intake because our waiting list has been so long and we've been so overwhelmed. So currently at the time of this recording on February 8th, we've paused our intake just to catch up because honestly, it's been bonkers. Despite how many physicians we've taken on, it's just we were overwhelmed by demand in the fall, thanks to the third wave of COVID, no doubt. So yeah, but that's at unoyamedical.ca. So if you are in Alberta or Canada and you want to be seeing the our clinic, you can just check out unoyamedical.ca and we'll update when we're taking more patients. You can find my book online. It's also on my website, carlycrew.com. My biggest social platform that I hang out with everyone on is Instagram. It's just at Carly Crew. And I'd love to have you as a, you know, visitor and listener on my podcast, the Brave Her podcast, which is just taking a little pivot from mind over motherhood, which was a lot about mindset, mental health and motherhood. And this is going to be into kind of sisterhood, bravery and just sharing of vulnerable stories to really break down those barriers that keep us kind of thinking we're all alone as women. So lots of places to plug in. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your vulnerability and I love your passion around this topic and you are making such a beautiful impact with so 
many ripples. And I'm so honored that you made the time for this today. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I'm happy to be on this podcast. Thanks for listening to Embrace Simplified, the podcast. I hope you picked up some inspiration today and that you take action to feel your best. Can you guys do me a solid? If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps more people find the podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, shoot them a text right now and share it. I love getting those notes from friends. And I also love seeing where you're listening from. So please keep tagging us online at Embrace Simplified. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch new episodes as they drop. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsty. Remember, you have it in you to simplify your life.